In a world full of boring stories, bad videos, and marketing misinformation, one very tall man with a weird last name will use his microphone. Is this thing on? Use his video marketing knowledge. It's the red button, right? And use his friends. Please be on the show. To change that. You are listening to The Garlic Marketing Show with Ian. What? No, that's how you pronounce it. Well, if you say so, your host, Ian Garlic. Hey, welcome to the special edition of the 300th episode of the Garlic Marketing Show. This one is just part of a larger video that we put together on, on YouTube. We wrote an article on LinkedIn, and this is one segment, it's a little more expanded, but if you wanna see all of it all together, just make sure to go over to our Story Crews LinkedIn and check out the entire video. Plus, of course, make sure to subscribe. We're gonna be pushing a lot of these videos out and doing a lot more great marketing information and stories now in this new season of the Garlic Marketing Show. Welcome back to the Garlic Marketing Show. I'm Garlic, and I'm doing this from home today with my special guest, Eric Schlesinger. I, you know, I asked you, I didn't ask you how to pronounce your name. Is it, did I pronounce it correctly? You, you got it right, it's Eric Schlesinger. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well done. Uh, um, uh, from Build, Scale, Prosper. We're going to talk about how he helped grow one healthcare provider from about $600,000 to $10 million in revenue in four years. He helps turn around businesses. And we're going to talk about the one tactic that you really need to do uh, right now in this chaotic environment. Uh, before we get started, of course, this is brought to you from by StoryCruise.com. One of the best ways to get to know your customers and to grow your customer, your customer base is case stories. Get video case stories and learn how to make them, craft them, deliver them, and find people to help you. Go to storycruise.com slash case story. Eric, awesome to have you. We were talking a little bit about the show before the show, but it's great to have you on. Thanks for being on. Thank you for having me. It's uh, wonderful to be here, and I'm looking forward to having a little fun. Yeah, and um, Eric, you know, if you, if you want to connect with him, you know, probably one of the best places is LinkedIn. Uh, it's Eric with a K. We'll put a link to, to his LinkedIn profile down below. And also he's generously offered to put his email address. So if you do have any questions about what he's talking about, feel free to reach out to him. But Eric, so let's tell, talk a little bit about, um, you know, what your business does and how, you know, and the healthcare provider that you help transform. Yeah, no, that sounds great. Um, so um, I run a special situations consulting firm that helps companies that are in really unique, challenging times break free from whatever they're stuck in. So um, typical situations include startups or hyperactive growth situations, um, turnarounds or realignments when the market moves or family business or privately held business transactions. So my customers are, are, are on two sides of the markets, the companies that are having problems, but also the investment community um, where I can help the um, investors like private equity funds and family offices or strategic buyers with deal sourcing, due diligence, post-deal uh, uh, inter integration, uh, or also when they have a portfolio company that has some slip up that they need to help uh, kind of uh, get back into the right groove before that they make their exit of some kind. So it's, it's a really interesting model, um, but it ties together really well because companies that are going through challenging times needs cash, while the investment community, especially in today's time, 
is really struggling to find good deals that make sense at the reasonable valuations that they're looking for because we've just been in such a hot market. So, you know, I think that the the, the, the real interesting thing there is, 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 is really just helping match companies with investors that um, really provide a lot of value for, for both sides. I think you wanted to uh, talk a little bit about the, uh, the, the example in the, uh, in the healthcare company. And it, it was a, a, an urgent care and primary care um, provider um, that had broken free from uh, an emergency room. And really the premise was to, to uh, create this, this, this real hum, humane, um, new, innovative uh, uh, patient experience that's like what we had in the old days from our family practitioners. And, you know, we live in a world now where you've got the big healthcare networks on one side that pretty much dominate the market and use their scale um, to, uh, you know, create profitability for the organizations. But it also leaves people out in a hard place of how to, how to get the right care and at the right price, uh, especially if they don't have insurance. And on the lower end, you know, family practitioners are really struggling uh, along the way because they're uh, in a world where the, um, the, they have so much competition and pressure from the big, big networks and insurance companies are squeezing them from all, all angles. And it's just really tough to be who they were in the past. Um, and so the primary challenge that this doctor was having was breaking free in a very competitive crowded market uh, and setting himself uh, apart. And so, um, you know, really we did a couple things right straight away that were really keys to, to uh, changing things. And, and we wanted to take a good look at what was the patient experience that existed in both of those other markets, the, the, the big um, healthcare networks on one side and the family practitioners on the other side, and then also overlay that with the customers, uh, the patients and what they really wanted out of uh, out of medicine. And what we found is, is they wanted things that are pretty common sense. They wanted an experience that wasn't really difficult to book an appointment or to get set up for a new provider when you had it. They wanted good, humane care. Uh, they wanted um, convenience uh, and they wanted to feel like they were a, a, a part of things. And so, you know, we found some key pinch points that allowed us to really frame out and to change uh, and uh, the way that the patients felt that experience by creating a whole new um, environment that was really comfortable in office. But more importantly, we were able to make it convenient for patients to book online directly from the homepage of the doctor's website through all channels, mobile uh, and so forth. Um, but also the, uh, the, the, the insurance process was, was very easy as well, where they could upload their license and their insurance card in a way that we could read this, the barcodes on the back to pre-populate all of the uh, information. So when they went in the office, they didn't have to spend the first half hour or 45 minutes just filling out paperwork along the way. So it was a really, it was removing that friction point of the barrier and allowing people to uh, change their providers that they're at, especially when they had something that, that uh, went astray. You know, I love that because it was 100% marketing. Um, you know, it, it really is marketing because experience is marketing. And we think yep. so much of just lead acquisition, like emergency rooms have no problem with lead acquisition, but they have a complete problem with customer satisfaction. Yep. And, you know, and shifting the model, I think is fantastic. And I think any professional can do this. Right? It doesn't yep. have to be a doctor. We can all shift our models and 
I see so many people doing the same thing over and over and over again. Like, and they're like, well, it's working for so-and-so. And like, that doesn't mean that that's the best practice, does it? Yeah. And you know what? I, I got involved in this sort of transformation um, over 20, 25 years ago by getting in, into um, discount brokerage right before the internet uh, uh, came on board. So my first career uh, out of college was working at what's now TD Ameritrade, but at the time it was Waterhouse Securities and then TD Waterhouse. And um, we were doing all of our, uh, all of our uh, new account processing and everything with paper forms when I started. Uh, we couldn't even use faxes because a lot of the regulations that were, uh, that were available and all of the trades, not all, but about 90 plus percent of them were over the phone. And within 15 <laughs> months, that, that turned into being 92% of the trades being done online. And so having been a part of that industry transforming itself in, you know, roughly three to five years, and that was an industry that, you know, was 60, 70 years old at that time, uh, it really gave me an appreciation for how you can dramatically change the, um, the consumer's experience in a different way. And very much like you said, um, it's, it's all marketing, whether it's the, any part of the, the, the um, customer or patient or consumer experience along the way. It's a whole journey that needs to be tied back into how you're delivering those goods and services in a way that you're solving the problems that, that, uh, that those folks have. If the result comes up through, you know, you went from 600,000 to 10 million in four years. I mean, that's phenomenal. Um, but, you know, I think like what we're going to talk about is listening. Like you listened. And that's, that is such an important part of marketing that, you know, when we do customer stories, we used to do video case stories, you know, in the middle of a project. Now we start out with it because when you hear what the customer has to say, the client has to say, it transforms your business, transforms your marketing, especially if you react to it properly and don't go, well, that's just the way it is, right? <laughs> yeah, you know what? That, that's a great point. One of my favorite um, uh, things in um in helping customers is going through um, a blue ocean strategy exercise called the, uh, the strategy canvas. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's really this exercise of identifying um, what solutions are out there now, not so that you can compete in the um, bloody shark infested waters of competition, but so you can find those pain points and unmet customer needs um, that aren't being serviced right now and it allows you uh, 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 to, to reframe and to rethink about your business in a different way. And so, you know, our, our first part for the, for the transformation of this doctor's um, practice was starting with that patient experience. But then the next part was actually really once we created that new differentiating value proposition for the, for the doctor was we went um, a step further and we now said, how do we help find the right type of clients that are ready to move? And what we found was that, um, that there were really, really strong pinch points um, around things like mental health therapy and pain management. And that gave us a really different kind of look at how to market so that we're finding patients that have new alternative treatments along the way that they were really unhappy with the, you know, really just being forced drugs, to be quite honest with you, is the the primary pinch point, and um, and, and and having a, a, a service offering that was um, allowing for different sort of treatment options allowed us to focus on getting more profitable patients in the doors 
patients that we're going to then expand the long-term value of that patient throughout the lifetime, which created a great base then to build a referral process around that so that we could extend into the rest of the households and then the rest of the community. And um, it's just a, it, 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 it's something that any business can do. And I think it's even more important as we're moving into this new recovery area during the pandemic, because there's so many businesses that have been disrupted in very dramatic ways. Mm-hmm. Some, of them, some of them in ways, things like Zoom and, and, and Amazon that have thrived and gone into hyperactive growth mode because of it. But there's also, you know, small bars and restaurants and um, healthcare providers and others that were put on the sidelines for, you know, nearly a year and a half and have really had to rethink what they're doing. And the same tactics can be used in all of those businesses. It's really diving in and getting to understand what your clients' needs are now. Not staying stuck in the tradition and expecting things to go back to the same way that they were before the pandemic. Because... That's just not the reality of where we are. We're in a world where people are very nostalgic to get back and do the things that they wanted before, but it's creating all kinds of, of, of problems in the supply chain and in the number of businesses that are available in a lot of these um, you know, sort of areas, especially in hospitality. You know, We lost a lot of bars, we lost a lot of restaurants, we lost a lot of um, gyms and other you know, sort of, um, of facilities and now when everybody's rushing back, wanting the same experience as before, uh, in a world where unemployment's still really low, and most of the, the the great employees that were in those businesses, they had to leave to seek other solutions, uh, you know, to feed their families, find other careers, or do other things along the way. And so now you're stuck with a world where um, there's supply chain problems downstream, the business isn't the same, and at the same point, you don't have the same employees to provide the service. So you got to look at things differently. You got to look at in the restaurant and bar industry. You got to look at um, how you have a much more differentiated experience. Is that digital so people can um, uh, book ahead as opposed to waiting in line outside of bars and restaurants, which we're seeing now? Um, it's just really diving into all of these nuanced uh, changes in behavior that people have had uh, throughout the pandemic as we were we were stuck inside or you know at least not able to go to all the places that we wanted to go. How would you go about really diving in and finding the right information from the right people? Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a great question. And we were, you know, kind of talking about that a little bit as we uh, were, were, were getting ready for this. And, and I think it comes down to starting with the broad strokes, looking at other, other businesses and business owners that are in similar industries as what you are. You know, yeah, you might be competitors, but we're all in this together. And even if you aren't able to do that locally, it's really easy to find people in other areas now that might be in similar industries. And, you know, talking to some and saying, what are the biggest challenges that you're facing? And uh, what are you doing about it? And sharing the same thing, feedback with them, you know, to help people out. So I think it starts with the people that know it most. The second group I would go to is whatever information you can get from um, real good influencers and analysts. There's lots of people that write um, about each and every industry and market that's out there that are really good. And you can usually get a sense for who they are by following them for for a period of time. Um, And I'd even pick up the phone or shoot an email with some questions over to really see what they're they're seeing in the marketplace uh, together. But that'll help you get the broad themes of things that you need to be thinking about. 
but really where the rubber meets the road is developing a, a list of 10 to 20 questions, real hard hitting questions for your, your, your customers or consumers or patients, whoever they might be, to really understand how things have changed in their behaviors during the pandemic and what they're looking to do as, as, as we move into recovery, um, how they um, are, what they're willing to spend money on. You know, you can add all the services in the world that you want, but if people aren't willing to, to pay for it, it's not really gonna help your business out in any meaningful way. And the businesses that have been hurt the most, they really need to um, find ways to be more successful at generating cash flow and, uh, and, and, and profitability. Um, and then remapping and rethinking what your strengths and weaknesses are, where the opportunities that you're seeing from, uh, what's uh, what the feedback you're getting from, you know, the, the, the customer base, and um, you know, making sure that you understand where your weaknesses are and, and, and your deficiencies, so that you can minimize, you know, those sort of things. And those are probably substantially different now than they were uh, a year and a half ago. Um, but then also looking at the trends, what's happening in um, technology and what's happening in uh, the, the supply chain of your market and, um, you know, what's happening and how is your neighborhood different if you're a neighborhood, you know, business or in your region, if you're a regional business. And then just bringing that together and, 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 and really making sure you don't get stuck in the, uh, in the old school habits and, 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 and really, I think that the big shame is going to be those people that try to recreate exactly what we had pre-pandemic, because that's not likely to be successful in most markets. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything's changed. Listening to your customers instead of sitting there complaining is, I mean, that's always the fastest way to improve. Right. And, you know, and, you know, there's the one other adage to that always when I listen to customers and I've only had the blend of it, but it's the old Henry Ford adage. You know, if I had listened to my customers, I'd had faster horses, right? <laughs> How do you balance that? How do you balance in like responding to the customers and innovation? You know, that's a that's a wonderful question, and it's so true. Um, and you're right. I, really, really great um, uh, product management uh, folks and product developers really know that this is true, and it's really concentrating more on the behavior rather than what people are, are wanting uh, and asking the questions about what they're willing to pay for and really identifying what the problems and pain points that they're experiencing, not necessarily the features or functionality or the product mm -hmm. that they want. And those are two fundamentally different things. Yep. It seems like such common sense for you and I to sit here and talk about it. Um, but common sense isn't so common all the time. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's just kind of um, kind of where we are. But people people ask, "What do you want?" instead of "What are your problems?" and then thinking creatively of how to solve the problem. The iPod's a great a great example of that. Yeah. When when Steve Jobs, you know, created the uh, the, the the iPod, there were other alternatives that had better quality or more more storage or or other you know things out there. You had you know, Walkman and Discman where it, you, you could easily get music on and on, uh, on and off the devices, but they were clunky and heavy. And um, when you were active, the, you know, the quality got disrupted of both of them and cassettes were, well, not real yeah, high quality anyways. Uh, but, but there were other MP3 players out there as well. Yep. And you know, what, what Steve Jobs did was he listened to what the problems were. And that's that people didn't use those devices very much when they were out doing active things. 
And um, he realized that he needed to create something that had a lot more storage capability with the ability to get music on and off of the device a lot better and faster than the other MP3 players at the time. And, 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 and the brilliance of it as well was the way that he then described it from a marketing perspective. Thousand songs in your pocket. Oh yeah. Nobody had had a device ever that was like that. And they knew exactly what it was. And we all lined up to rush out and to buy it because it was, it was small, it was easy, it was portable. And it, it, it solved what our problems were of why we couldn't use them when we were out doing active things. Yep. So it, it, genius. Yeah. And, and, and that's where the, you know, you, you get into looking at what the needs are that stem from the problems and the, and, and the pain points that the consumer has and, and concentrating your questions around that rather than just asking them what they want. Yeah. You have to ask them what they want to feed into the flow of the conversation and to, you know, to have a productive conversation. But, but spending a lot more time on what are the biggest problems that you face when you're doing X, Y, Z and things. And the example of the doctor was, it was, it was um, when, you know, when you have a medical emergency, what are the biggest problems and pain points that you face? Uh, the same thing was true when um, I was helping with um, the digital transformation at, uh, at, at, at Waterhouse Securities and TD Waterhouse as we were moving through the first phase of, of, of online trading over 25 years ago. And that doesn't change no matter where we are in the curve of what we're going through. It doesn't change in what, what um, market you're in, what industry or what products you're selling. If you know what your customer's problems are and you find better solutions, ideally that are, are, are at a better cost point uh, than what the, uh, the, the, the competitive solutions are, you can find all the, all, all the business in the world and not have to really deal with nearly as much competition as you do otherwise. It comes on, we talk about all the time, fundamentals. It's fundamentals, fundamentals, fundamentals. And everyone goes for the shiny object, like, oh, TikTok, YouTube ads, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, but do you know what, where your customer is and what their problem is? Right. What the real problem is. Yeah. You know, because I talk to law firms, they're like, uh, well, I answer my phones. And I'm like, well, when someone's first calling you, they expect you to answer your phone. <laughs> but the question is, is, is in, in that circumstance, uh, I, is really, do they want to pick up the phone at all? Yeah. Or, or is it better to have something online where they can book a, a, a meeting with you at a time where they're going to talk to you directly instead of your, um, your, your paralegal or your assistant, and they feel more comfortable with that sort of a, a, of a, of a situation, you know, uh, along the way. It's really understanding what are the channels that, 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 that people want to, to um, interact with, with, with you as a service provider or a product company. And then how do you create better channels? Like those sort of fundamentals are easy, cheap things to fix. And then people are out spending boatloads of money on things without understanding whether they're even in front of the right customers or, or, or providing the right messages that, that, that interest people. It's, it's back to the blocking and the tackling. It, 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 it really is. Yep, it is. It is. And, you know, and so many people, like you said, assume that they know what their customer wants assume that you know and maybe they did this market research 20 years ago and like well things have changed i don't think there's a company that shouldn't be doing market research right now at, at some level right well it, and it's just a great relationship management thing to get back out in front of people 
and use the pandemic as an excuse to reconnect. Picking up the phone to a long, you know, longtime customer and just saying, hey, I haven't spoken to you in a long time and really in depth. How is your family and what's going on? And, you know, you get into relationship businesses and we've forgotten how to have real relationships and how to ask the right, you know, the right questions. But then that naturally leads to what's going on and how can we help? What are you doing dif differently in your patterns and your behaviors? How come you haven't stopped in to say hi yet? Is there something that's wrong? You know, and you may find that, you know, you, you, you have a customer service problem that needs to be addressed or fixed that you just didn't know about that's pushing away even your most loyal long-term customers along the way. So, so even if you're not doing real long, you know, real deep, real formal market insight studies, still that, that, that relationship and the conversation is invaluable. Yeah. And if, if, yeah, you get that information and if you can't figure out what to do with it, you, you call up Eric, right? <laughs> right. Or, or, or if you don't know how to structure, um, you know, how to, how to put the, the, the surveys together or you need some help um, because you're too busy keeping the lights on, the doors on right now. You know, you know, I think that's the, the interesting thing is, is, is I'm somebody that just loves to help people. And I found a niche where um, I have a background that um, kind of prepared and trained me to do this in a place that I really love doing things and I can make a little bit of money along the way. But the biggest thing is, is we just love helping people. And a lot of this is common sense and fundamentals. And then some of it is there's some secret sauce of doing it the right way and sequencing things the right way and reallocating assets because resources are always tight. Yeah. What are the things that aren't working right now that maybe you should be putting on hold or getting rid of altogether and then reallocating this for something that's a higher priority and more important right now which is getting back in touch with your customers and finding out what their real needs are now and in the future. That's great advice. And it's, I mean, I stress all the time, you can learn how to do everything, but when you have a problem like this, having outside eyes on it is so, so crucial. I mean, and, and the best people in the world hire the best coaches and consultants in the world. And it's so funny you're bringing that up because I've had to do that to take a, a, a deep dive into what I was doing and how I was messaging to my customers as well. It's really, really easy for me to do it for other people, but to look in the mirror and to, you know, to, to, to really be truthful and honest and to match that up. A lot of times you need somebody that is impartial and can tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. And, um, and, 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 and so I've brought in, you know, folks at different times to help me out. And, you know, sometimes it's, it's, you don't have the know-how to do it. Sometimes it's, there's, there's emotional or other barriers in the way. Sometimes it's, um, you, you, you just don't have the time and energy to, to focus on it. It doesn't matter what the, what the reason is, is, is if you're not doing it right now and you don't have a formal plan for you and your team to do it in a good, smart, intelligent way, whether it's me that you reach out to or if it's somebody else, it's a good idea to um, at, at least kick the tires and explore what your options are. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're talking about like the heartbeat of someone's business, their marketing, their operations. And most, you know, especially if you're a technician, if you're a lawyer, doctor, whatever, you were never trained on that stuff. And you wouldn't expect someone who's never trained on being a heart surgeon to go perform heart surgery on themselves. But it, <laughs> here you are dealing with the heartbeat of your business thinking you can do this. 
Uh, you know, it's, I, I've been in marketing for 15 years and I still learn something every day and I'm constantly studying. So I, I don't, yeah, that's why I think finding people like yourself is so, so crucial. You know, I think you just brought up something that, you know, triggered, a, a, you know, sort of a, a use case that um, one of my good friends and uh, a great securities attorney um, left um, the corporate world where he was working in um, the investment management uh, space. He was an expert in securities law. I'm talking top 15, top 20 in the country. And when he went out on his own, he marketed himself providing all kinds of other services in addition to securities law. He was looking at, uh, or he was providing trusts and wills and real estate transactions and all of these other things because he thought he needed to book up all the time in his calendar. But when we unwound what he was doing and the intersection between what he loved to do, what he was really great at and the places that he could make the most money, what we realized is his, his customer acquisition costs of these other, all of the other business that was not corporate securities related was about $750. Um, uh, and the lifetime value of those customers was about $1,500. Decent wow. margins, but the amount of time and energy that it zapped when it was taking up three quarters of his time to market and to fill his, his book up in those cases, we were able to completely flip upside down. And I don't have the numbers handy uh, off the top of my head, um, but, but, it, but it was something to, to the magnitude of five uh, to 10 times the, uh, the amount of revenue just by refocusing on different channels and being really great at getting those, those, um, those clients that were in his target market of the place that he had spent. I mean, he spent over 10 years working in the corporate world at these types of firms as a compliance officer and a paralegal prior, while he was working his way through law school. So he already had the relationships and the knowledge that a brand new securities lawyer would never have. And um, by reframing that and then just making his value proposition all about being who he was by nature, it dramatically changed the, uh, the, the trajectory of his business and the amount of revenue that was coming in. And it's just simply about customer segmentation, knowing what you're great at and delivering it and making sure that that aligns with the places that you have the most margin. Love it, love it. And so let's talk about you, them, you helping them. Um, tell me about, a little bit more about who you work with and you know, what, how to work with you. Yeah. Um, once again, as I uh, said at the top, it's people that are going through a challenging situation and they need to get unstuck. So regardless of where you are at that part of the growth curve and whether it's hyperactive growth growing out of control and you can't hire the right people fast enough and you don't have the systems in place or whether you're going through a really, really bad uh, situation uh, where you need to make massive changes in some sort of turnaround situation, whether it's driven by market conditions or by um, uh, a COVID and, and, and what that's done uh, to so many businesses. It's people that are having those tough times. Um, Small-ish small to, to middle-sized businesses, you need to have a big enough problem for it to really to be uh, in, the, in the sweet spot for me of how I can help because the things we're doing take some investment and it's not just about what it's required you know, to pay me. It's also, there's usually marketing and or technology or other things that are involved. So you got to be big enough, uh, usually a few million dollars, or if you're a funded startup, uh, you can start a little smaller as long as there's a deep commitment from your investors to help you along the way. Um, but size isn't a restriction. Um, and we're in industry agnostic, but we have some really, really deep expertise in financial services, in technology, 
in supply chain, in healthcare, um, and in professional services, the lawyers, the um, accountants, the CPAs and consultants. And that's just because a lot of what we do is very business to business focused. We're also really good in, in, in what I call high touch, low touch, and somewhere in between businesses, um, businesses that have an online presence, but it's not just all, all about uh, online. We're pretty good in e-commerce and we know the technology and the tools and we know how to, you know, to get results. It's just a game that there's a lot of competition out there. And there's some other folks that are, you know, are, are, are really, really great at that, that are, you know, it's, it's hard to work in. So our sweet spot's that business to business, um, high touch, low touch, somewhere in between, complicated sales uh, uh, cycles. And really our secret sauce is really about this studying of who the customer is and what their problems are uh, and, and, and coming up with really interesting, innovative solutions to help them. And, you know, really our tagline is build your, build your business, scale efficiently and prosper with purpose. And that's because we really like helping businesses that have a mission driven focus to what they're doing, but also purpose means that you have to be open and willing to rethink what you're doing and come up with a great game plan for going forward and having intent with what you're doing and why, because we do have a, a, an analytical focus. Uh, we're not analytic, uh, analytical just for, you know, we, we don't believe in data for data's sake. We, mm -hmm. we believe in using the data to be good guiding principles to help you along the way in the right direction. Um, but we don't ignore it and we look at things that are really meaningful and important um, uh, to your business. We were talking earlier about, you know, my website and, you know, it's placed there. My website's mostly brochureware because the type of clients that I have, they need to talk to me before they really understand what the pain points and the value and the way that translates to their business before we can, you know, really, really help them. We need our website so that people know that we're credible and that we're real and, you know, all of those things. And it, it, it serves some purpose. Um, but, but generally speaking, it's not a, it, it's not a major um, uh, point of contention for, you know, for our customers. It's really about the process and the knowledge and really understanding clients, coming up with innovative solutions, and then having an ROI focus to driving to getting real tangible business results without, um, uh, with, we, we don't believe in, 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 in being busy for busy's sake. We want real results for our clients. Awesome. Awesome. And best way to get in touch with you is through LinkedIn or to email you? That's correct. Eric at uh, Build, Scale, Prosper or on LinkedIn, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's Eric Schlesinger as the, uh, as, the, as the hashtag at the end. Awesome. Eric with a K. And we'll put those links in the show notes. Um, and if you're watching this on YouTube, it'll be down below in the description. Uh, Eric, thank you so much for being on. This has been a lot of fun. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And thank you all for taking Eric and I on your journey. This has been Iron Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. Video. You know it will make you an authority. You know it will get you more leads. Better leads that close faster and spend more with you. And video stories will help you be remembered and connect with those perfect clients. The problem is, where do you start? Storycruise.com is the place to go. It's like a film crew with an S. What's your strategy? Do you do it yourself? Do you hire a videographer, an agency? Do you need an editor? How do you know if they really know your business and how to make videos for business that work? 
The answer to all of this and more can be found at storycruise.com. It is the place to find the latest video marketing strategies, the best gear for your business, as well as videographers, editors, and agencies near you that are trained in video storytelling for business. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get special insider info for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show, including special access to several of my courses, including my case story course. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get a whole bunch of special offers just for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show. Whether you're looking for a videographer or to do it yourself, go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get started today. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook. 